Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. talk about this morning peace in the midst of a storm you know we all go through the storms of life if you haven't you will that's not doom and gloom it's just the way it is but thank God you can go through a storm you don't have to live in a storm you don't have to abide in the storm you know you can get into the storm but the storm doesn't have to get into you you can have peace right in the midst of it And uh, I tell you, God has made a way that right in the midst of some of the greatest turmoil uh, uh, that the world has ever seen, we can have peace. You know, it's funny how the world has fought for peace. You know, we think every war, uh, they thought uh, World War War I, after it was over, you know, that that was the war. There won't be any more wars after that because that was the worst we've ever seen. The war to end all wars. Well, you know, uh, Guess a few years later, they had another one called World War II. Amen. Then they've had wars since then. And, and men, politicians, and, and great men, and, and governments, and everybody trying to get peace. Trying, notice it had never come. Had never come. Now, one thing we have to understand is there's no peace upon the earth because of the system that's upon the earth. And that system has fallen. Jesus didn't come to bring peace among men on the earth. Jesus came to bring peace between God and mankind. Amen. Thank God he did because there was no peace in between God and mankind. Now there's peace because of Jesus. Now he gives us what the Bible calls peace that passes all understanding. Uh, God is still what the Bible calls Jehovah Shalom or God our peace. And peace is only relevant many times in in times of life in which you wonder, uh, uh, you know, I should be stirred up. I should be anxious. I should have all these emotions going on. But I seem calm. I seem relaxed. Uh, God's in control of this situation. That's when peace manifests. And that's when God wants you to have peace and the the greatest manifestation of peace. Now notice what it says here in verse 35, Mark chapter 4. It says, in the same day when evening was come, He being Jesus, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now, you you must understand, there should always be progress in the kingdom. Not only in your life, in us as a church, in all that we do, there ought ought to be progression. You know, you know, growth is a sign of health. Growth is a sign of health. We want, we want everything growing around here. We want our children's ministry growing, our youth ministry growing, our outreach ministry growing, our missions work. We've actually added two different uh, missionaries this month uh, to our missions outreach. We want everything that God's, we want it growing. Amen. Uh, I know that uh, this is our second service. We had a wonderful early service. Uh, there were probably, I don't know, 75 to 100 people in that early service. Our church has grown. We've seen growth. But here's the thing. It can't stop. It must continue because anything that doesn't continue to move along the lines of the kingdom, it stagnates. Amen. I noticed uh, when we got that first big old batch of seaweed. Remember that back in June? I mean, it was like it just came on and came on. And then right after that, we had two or three big rains. And then we had some hot weather. And there were some pockets in that seaweed. I guess that seaweed had, had rotted and kind of formed a little. And, and, and the water kind of ponded up and pooled up. And it was the foulest smelling. And there were all these little flies. Remember all the little flies that were on the, all these flies, all this. It was just terrible. Stagnation. 
They say, what did we need? Oh, we needed a big flood to move all that stuff out, amen? Moving water. When water's moving, nothing stagnates. And I want you to know God wants his kingdom moving in your life, progressing. You ought to be stronger in your prayer life this year than you were last year. You ought to be giving more money this year than you did last year. You ought to be stronger in your witness this year than you were last year. And you ought to be even stronger next year. Everybody say next year. So God wants us moving, progressing in the things of God. But now notice, it said when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there arose with, and there were also with him other little ships. Everybody say little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. So that it was now full. Now, they're just obeying Jesus. Jesus gave them a word. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Okay, man, we're going to do what Jesus says. He's got the goods. He heals the sick. He raised the dead. He feeds the multitudes. Let's go. So off they go. And what are they doing? They're obeying a word that Jesus gave them. Let's go to the other side. And immediately in their obedience. Everybody say, in their obedience. Immediately in their obedience, a storm rose up. How many of you have ever noticed that in your life? I mean, you think, Lord, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God in my finances. I'm going to obey God, renew my mind with the word. I'm going to obey, obey. And as soon as you get out there and start to obey God, see like a storm comes. That's not a sign the word's not working. Amen. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. That's not a sign the word's not working. That's a sign you're obeying God. You ought to rejoice. You ought to say, man, that's, that's proof God's doing something in my life. That's proof there's progression. Because I want you to know when the storm raises up, it's opposition to your obedience. It's trying to get you to quit. Trying to get you to turn around and go back to the shore that you came from. Everybody say, I'm not turning around. Say, devil, devil, I'm not turning around in Jesus' name. Now here they are. They're out there in the middle of the sea. The, 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 it says there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. And it was now full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Everybody say, great storm, great, storm. great, calm. great calm. Say it again, great storm, great, storm. great calm. You say, what's fixing to happen, Pastor? I'm in a storm, I'm in a storm. You're fixing to have a great calm if you won't quit. If you won't jump out of the boat or turn it around and go back to the place you came from, if you'll just make a decision, I'm going to stand on the word, stand on the things of God, you're going to get as bad as your storm was, you're going to get a great calm in your life. Now notice this though, this is interesting. Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said unto one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Now, understand this. They took out obeying God. They got in the ship, and Jesus was in the ship. Now, in the midst of their forward progressing, Going to the other side, here comes this great storm. If you study that scripture out, if you get some, some, some commentary, some translations, you'll understand that that's actually a demonically inspired nature reaction. That means the devil got into the wind. And the devil created the storm. 
Amen. Remember when the Apostle Paul, he was out there, I don't know how many days and night he was out in the sea. That, that term was arachlodon, which actually meant that which the demonic forces do. And it, I tell you, if you've ever been in a hurricane, you can't deny that thing ain't demonic. Amen. You know, it goes against the forces of nature. The winds blow in the opposite direction, stir everything up. Uh, th- th- listen, that's not God. God doesn't, God doesn't steal, kill, or destroy. Storms Amen. steal, kill, and destroy. That's a device of the devil. That's why we pray against storms, pray against hurricanes. Believe God, they'll go somewhere else. Amen. You say, well, where are they going to go? Well, somewhere else, not here. I don't, I don't live in Tampa. There's other churches in Tampa. Amen. <laughs> We're going to pray them away from Galveston. Now, here's the deal, though. Right there, in the midst of that storm, they did the right thing. You say, what did they do? They woke up the Word. You say, what do I do in the midst of a storm? You got to wake up the Word. You've got to get the Word moving. You've got to get it working in you. You've got to wake up the Word. But now notice what the Word did. Now the Word, first of all, produced the miracle that they need. Jesus got up out. He shook himself. He looked around. He said, peace be still. And that whole thing just calmed down. So the Word produced the desired effect. But then the Word turned to them. Now the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given or is inspired, is given, uh, is inspired by God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, so that men and women of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. You have to let the God, Word of God instruct you. Everybody say, instruct me. Now this next one, a lot of people don't like. You have to let the Word of God reprove you. You say, what is reproof? Reproof is the word telling you this, what you're doing is not right. It's wrong. You need to be doing this. Now, a lot of people, they come to church and they think, well, that preacher just up there telling me what to do. Let Let me help you real quick. Can I help you with that? I don't tell you what to do, nor do I tell you what to believe. You say, now, wait a minute, preacher. I thought your job was to tell us what to believe. Then you're in trouble. I said, then you're in trouble. The word tells you, I'm up here telling you what I believe. I'm up here proclaiming, preaching that which I have proven and I believe. And that now I know to be reality and truth because I've walked it out. You say, what do you mean? I've been in some storms, honey. I've been in some storms. I've woke up the word and the word produced the miracle that we needed. Then the word turned to me and said, here's where you're missing it. This is why you got into the storm in the first place. Listen, I fully expected Jesus. Jesus expected those guys to do what? To stand up in the front of that ship and say, now wait a minute. We've got Jesus in this ship. He told us to go to the other side. Based on that word, we're going to the other side. So you just quit all this storming. But see, they didn't do it. But they woke up the word and the word did it. But then the word turned to them and said, now listen, you ain't, come on guys. Why are you so afraid? You acted in fear. How come you ain't got no faith? You've been hanging around me. I've been teaching the word, preaching. But now we know, uh, looking back all of these years, that they were unregenerate men. They are men that have not been born again yet. There are all kinds of reasons we could determine that they were not in faith like they should be. But the good news is, the word of God brought correction, brought reproof. All scripture does that. It helps us to make adjustments in life. If you've never made an adjustment in life based on scripture, you're in trouble. We're so, we value our opinions over the word. 
We value what we think. I was talking to a guy one time and he said, you know, I was talking to him about the Lord and witnessing to him. And he said, well, I don't think that's right. I don't, I don't think I need that. And I said, well, here's your problem. It's, it's, it's if you're right, neither one of us lose anything. If you're right. But if I'm right and you're wrong, you're going to lose everything. Boy, that got his attention real quick. He got it. You say, what do you mean? The word is right always. And when you live your life based on the word of God, you've got a firm foundation for what you believe. And you've got a firm reason to understand and expect that which you know God is going to do in your life. It creates what I call an expectancy on the inside of you. You can begin to say, Lord, I believe, I receive, I'll have it in Jesus' name. And when you do that many times and launch out in faith, here comes the storms of life. But that storms ought to prove to you that you're obeying God, making the decision to get over to the other side of life so that God can bless you. Now, look at this for a minute. This is interesting. Let me get back to my Bible. Notice, go over to Romans. Go to Romans chapter 14. Now, this is after the day of Pentecost, after men and women begin to get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, can you imagine the dilemma? Think about this a minute. Here is a group of people that for 4,000 years, well, for approximately 4,000 years, here is a group of people that had access to God, being the, the, the Israeli nation, the Jewish people. They had access to God uh, through a system of laws, the Mosaic laws, through, through, a, through a, a priesthood, through prophets and kings. Now, in the holy of holies of the temple was shut up what we would call the Shekinah glory of God. The presence of God. If you walked in there and you weren't in the right position, that means if you weren't a prophet, priest, or king. If you had not done the right sacrifice, if you had not offered it in the right way, you fell over dead. Even the priest, when they went into the Holy of Holies, especially that one time a year when they went in to offer blood for the sins of the people, around their waist they tied a rope. Now, in the, in the seams and, and hems of their, of, their, of their garments, they sewed bells. And those guys went in there ringing the bells. Ring, 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 ring. Because they knew if the bells quit ringing, pull the rope. He said, what do you mean if the bells quit ringing, pull the rope? They fell over dead in the presence of God. He said, now, how, why would they fall over dead? Because there was no intercessor, the Bible says in Isaiah. Uh, Job said the word umpire. There's nobody to stand and put their hand on God and put their hand on me. But that was accomplished in Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, that, that thick curtain, some scholars tell us maybe it's four foot thick, it ripped from the top to the bottom and the presence of God left the Holy of Holies. Went up to heaven, stayed there three days and three nights, then came down and raised Jesus from the dead. Then Jesus went into the mercy seat of God, poured his blood on the mercy seat of God and released that spirit to humanity. So now today we have that treasure in earthen vessels. Now can you imagine being just one generation removed from knowing that the presence of God was over there on 12th and 15th in the temple? But now there's a group of people that are saying that presence isn't there no more. Not only are they saying it, they're demonstrating it. 
People are getting saved. They're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. People are getting healed. Signs, wonders, and miracles are taking place. And they're telling people that presence that used to be in the Holy of Holies that was reserved only for the nation of Israel has now been released. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, it doesn't matter. Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter if you're Greek or Roman, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that Shekinah glory will come and move into your human spirit and you will become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Could you imagine how, how those people must have thought? So Paul addresses many of the doctrines. One of them was, okay, you can get saved, but you still have to adhere to the law. So in, in verse 17 of Romans chapter 14, Paul writes this to us. The kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say it with me. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Now the meat and drink part, if you'll study back up into the scripture and back over a couple of chapters, you'll see that there was a great, how would you say, a great argument going on over whether or not it was, quote, lawful to eat meat in which they had gone into the temple, into these demonic temples, offered them to demon items, idols, brought that meat out of the demon temples, brought it into the common market and sold it to the people. Now, one group was saying, you can't eat that meat. Another group was saying, that meat doesn't make any difference to you, I'm going to eat meat anyway. So what they were trying to do in that day was to create a law. Everybody say a law. Now, here's the problem with legalism and a law. Legalism and a law will never get you to God. Let me try that again. Legalism and a law will never get you to... You say, okay, pastor, I've come up with 12 things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this. 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 Okay, in one year, in one year, I guarantee you, you will miss one of those 12 things. Anytime you self-impose law upon yourself, you will always do what you say you're not going to do. Amen? And so Christianity has kind of fallen into this place where, okay, if you're good enough, if you're this, if you're that, then God... No, no, no. It's all based on what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to get back to the storm in just a minute, all right? I hadn't forgot we're in a storm. We're going to get you out of the storm. So, here's the thing. Many people do not understand that the kingdom of God, everybody say the kingdom of God, that's the dominion of God, that's the system of God, that's the way God chooses to do things. The kingdom of God is not in the do's and don'ts that we impose on ourselves. Let me try that again. The kingdom of God is not in the do's and don'ts we impose on ourselves. There was a man, uh, dad and I met him down in in Belize. We were down there ministering and he was the president of Barclays Bank down there. And this guy was an alcoholic of alcoholics. And he, uh, somebody said there were some businessmen coming, American businessmen. So he got his yacht, he had a yacht. This is a couple of years before we'd gotten there. He got his yacht and he bought, I think he said he bought like 10 cases of rum. And then he went down into the, into the bad, bad parts of Belize City and got prostitutes. And he said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to convince this, these American businessmen to do business with me. Well, they weren't American businessmen. They were American full gospel businessmen. <laughs> So he went down there with all this rum and all these women on his yacht 
and ended up getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and delivered from alcoholism. Now, he said this. I heard him give his testimony. He said, for a year after he went, he said, you don't understand. I would drink two to four quarts of rum a day. That's swimming in rum, folks. He said, for a year, for one year, I would drink two little shot glasses of rum. He said, I don't know why. He said, people told me I was going to hell. He said, people told me I was going to uh, lose my salvation. People told me, I, he said, but for one year, I drank two little shot glasses a day. He said, I believe it was God trying to help my body readjust to not drinking four quarts of rum a day. Now, if somebody really legalistic would have got hold of him, they would have talked him out of his salvation. Amen. Because his big don't was, don't drink no more. Because drinking is killing you. Are you with me? But now, the kingdom of God is not in the do's and don'ts. That doesn't mean it's right to drink and to get drunk and to be an alcoholic. But that means there may be ways that God works in people's lives in which he affords them some liberty and some mercy to get yourself out of supernaturally what you got yourself into. Amen. Somebody says, man, I'm smoking a pound of weed a week. <laughs> well, get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and you may go from a pound to a lid. How many know what a lid is? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> you may go from a lid to a joint. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There may be some progression of grace. But no, we're so legalistic. You know, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. As soon as somebody gets saved. And we just take the Bible and beat them in the head and beat them in the head. And, and, and next thing you know, they're thinking, well, I, there ain't no way I can serve God. Amen. But the kingdom of God is not in the do's and don'ts. But there are three things. It's in righteousness. Everybody say Righteousness. Peace, if I say peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, notice this. Number one, it begins with righteousness. If you have an understanding of righteousness, of right standing with God, you can be delivered from any habit, from any bondage, from any addiction, from any problem. You say, well, your understanding of righteousness must be something in your heart where you understand there's nothing I can do. I can, ha I can have a ministry 10 times bigger than Billy Graham, and that still won't give me righteousness. I can be the Pope with a double hat. I've always thought he had a cool hat, so you could be a double hat Pope, amen? That doesn't give you righteousness. You can be Mother Teresa 10 times over. That still doesn't make you righteous. No, the day you said yes to Jesus, God imparted to you right standing with God. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here sits God on the throne. He looks over at his son, Jesus. There sits Jesus bodily in a physical body next to the Father. In his hands are big old holes where the nails went. In his forehead are big old scars where the crown of thorns went on his head. In his side is a big old gap where they stuck a spear up into his side. In his feet there are holes. On his backs there are scars where they striped him 39 times. 
Over on the mercy seat of God is his blood. Still glistening, still fresh, still new. Just as of the day as it was poured out. Now, you think of the father. When he looks at the son, how does he feel about the son? Overwhelming love. Overwhelming acceptance. Overwhelming approval. That's how he feels about you. You say, now wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean that's how he feels? That's exactly how he feels about you. You say, why? Because you have accepted his son. You got his righteousness. See, religion will fight you on that. Tradition will say it's not true. But the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't obtain to it. You're made the righteousness of God in Christ. And knowing that ought to help you serve God a little more. God accepts me. God loves me. God cares about me. When he looks at me, he sees his son. He doesn't see my problems. He doesn't see my circumstances. He doesn't see my weakness. He doesn't see not my inability. He only sees the blood on the mercy seat of God. And when you understand that in your mind and it drops into your spirit, then by faith you declare, oh, hallelujah, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That produces what? What's next? Righteousness, peace. Most people have no peace because they think God's out, out, he's trying to get me if I ever mess up. If I were to drink a drink or smoke a cigarette or if I were to say a cuss word or if I were to do this or that, if I was, then God would be so mad and he would just rain hurricanes and tornadoes and, and locusts and, and, and give me 14 diseases and I knew I couldn't walk that walk anyway. I know you can't. What makes you think you can? You're still stuck with a mind that's crazy and a fleshly body that has all kinds of crazy desires in it. But God redeemed your spirit man so that you can have righteousness. And for every situation you get yourself into, God has a way out because of your righteousness that you have in him so that you can have peace in the midst of a storm. Righteousness is a revelation. Everybody say revelation. Peace is the manifestation of what righteousness. Once you figure out I'm right with God. Devil, I don't care what you tell me about my past. I don't care what I did last week. I don't care. My sin, my inability, my, 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 my indiscretion, they're not bigger than those holes in his hand. They're not bigger than those scars in his forehead and on his back. They're not bigger than the blood on the mercy seat. You know, we'll talk about healing for just a minute because we've really seen some, some movement in, in God's healing power being released in the body of Christ. You know why so many people, I'm not talking about in the world, I'm talking about Christians. Why so many Christians fail to receive healing? A sense of unworthiness. I hadn't done enough. Man, if I was a missionary or if I was this or if I was that, I'd be healed. The enemy will always give you 25 loops to jump through. And when you've jumped through 20 of them, he'll add 10 more. And he'll give you a self-imposed law. I was witnessing to a, to a, to a friend of mine. Bless his heart. He's in prison now. He's just had, and he was, a, he was a person who knew Jesus as a, as a young person, as a, as a teenager. He had gotten saved. And, and, and he was just bound by a drug habit. Now, see, if you don't listen to what I'm saying, you're going to go out of here saying I said something crazy. 
But he was bound by this drug addict. And I was witnessing to him. I was actually at his house and I was talking to him. And I, I was telling him, I said, man, just come to church. He said, right, man, I, if, I did, if I did, I'd come stoned. I said, just come to church. He said, I, he said I'm so bound. He was a weed. He said, I'm, I'm so bound up by this weed that if I don't smoke it, I'm nervous. I can't sleep. I'm, 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 it's, it's got me. It's had me for years. I said, I told him, I said, listen, if you got to smoke weed all the way to church, Come to church anyway. Amen. Come to church anyway. Amen. Now that ain't a license to go out and smoke weed. See, like, Pastor, I said it's all right to smoke weed. No, no. <laughs> it's not. But what I'm telling you is this. Don't let a habit, an addiction, or a problem keep you out of the presence of God. Amen. The presence of God is your answer. Amen. And if you got to come 10 months stoned out of your mind, it's that one weekend when the glory falls and the power hits you and delivers you that makes it all worth it. See, a lot of people think God is up there, this, this big, mean, legalistic guy just wanting to slap you down every time you make a mistake when just the opposite is true. He's saying, come on, just as you are. Just as you, you got an addiction, come on with your addiction. I got something for your addiction. Come on if you're full of hate. Come on if you're full of anger. Come on if you got all these problems. Come on, just like you are. I got, what else is going to get you out of that? Just come as you are and God will take you and impart righteousness. And once you understand, man, I'm, I, I'm right with God. I'm right with God. If I were to die, I'd be in heaven instantly. He's got all the provision I need while I live down here on the earth. He's got healing for sickness. He's got prosperity for poverty. He's got joy for, for depression. He's got all this good stuff. I wish we could have preached that to Robin Williams. Amen. He's got all this good stuff. You don't have to hang yourself. You don't have to go through life depressed. You don't have to do it. God can deliver you. Amen. Then peace. Here comes that peace. The peace of God. I heard this story. I thought it was really neat. This king, he, he, he commissioned an artist. And he was, he was studying the Bible. And he asked this artist, he said, I want you to take the Bible. I want you to study peace. And I want you to paint me a picture of peace. And so this king went, I mean, this artist went, and he painted this beautiful seascape. And it was just beautiful, fluffy clouds and calm seas. And he took it to the king. King said, no. He said, that ain't it. And then he went and painted a, a meadow scene of all these sheep in this beautiful meadow, beautiful forest, all calm. And he, he said, man, that's not it. That's not it. So this artist was just perplexed. He said, I, I, I'm not getting it, Lord. So he prayed. And so he painted this scene. And he painted this rocky coast, this, this just, just really rock, and all these trees with no leaves and all, and this gray sky and this stormy sea. And here's this bird's nest with this little mama bird with her arm around this little baby who's asleep. <laughs> and he took it into the king and the king said, that's peace right there. That's what peace is. In the midst of the storm that you're going through, you get a revelation that you're right with God. You are the righteousness of God. God loves you. God, can, He ain't looking at your performance. He's just looking at you. He don't love your performance. He loves you. You don't have to perform for Him. He wants you. So right in the midst of all that storm, He is the God that just surrounds you with His peace. And when you begin to walk in peace, 
You begin to walk. All that's going, man, you get, you watch the news every day. There it comes. Just this continual this continual possession of turmoil and strife and war and men against men and governments against governments and all this races against right, all this kind of stuff that's going on. And in the midst of it, God wants to take his people and just surround them with his presence and his glory so that if there's any peace in the world, it's only to be found right here in Christ Jesus, in the Lord. So righteousness, but say righteousness. Peace, if I say peace. Then there's joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, now we've had those meetings before where, you know, the Spirit of God would fall and the glory of God gets in here and people begin to respond and laugh and have a good time in the presence of the Lord. But that's not really what it's talking about here. It says the kingdom of God is not in manifestation until we understand righteousness and begin to walk in peace then that produces joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, joy is different from happiness. A lot of people are so dependent upon happiness. Happy, 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 happy. Let me tell you something about happy. Happy comes, happy goes. If I had a big stack of $100 bills and gave it to Clint, Clint would get real happy. Seems to be just thinking about it. He's smiling. <laughs> Amen. But then I take it away, and there goes the smile. See, circumstances of life dictate your happiness. But there's something greater than happiness, and that's joy. Now, righteousness is a revelation. Peace is a manifestation. Joy in the Holy Ghost is God's presentation of us to the world. Now, why don't most people get saved? Why aren't we having church up in the convention center right now with this crowd and about 10,000 others that need to get saved right now? You know why? Because of what we have shown them. People, this is their mentality. If I get saved, the party's over. No more drinking, no more weed. No more dog track. Because, you know, them Christians, that's a bunch of do's and don'ts. Thou shalt not go to the dog track and drink Jim Beam, smoke a joint on the way, bet on the weenie dog nationals, you know. Thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that. And if you do, if you do a thou shalt not, whoo! I've seen some of them Christians that did a thou shalt not. <laughs> Amen. I've seen some of them. You seen, you seen them? Yeah, I've seen them. I work with one. <laughs> Come on, church. And you know, we drag around, never smile, never have any joy. Never, why? The problem is peace. You don't have any peace. You can't be God's presentation till you have peace. And you cannot have peace till you understand your righteousness. But if you understand you have right standing with God and that peace that passes all understanding, that means no matter what storm you're going through, you know that Jesus is in your boat. And even if you've got to wake him up and get some reproof in your life, you're willing to do that. And you're going to get to the other side and you're moving in God and that peace manifests in your life. Then you're going to go out of here with a skip in your step and a smile on your face and people are going to think, what are you on? Amen. They're going to want to know what doctor you're going to and what prescription you're taking. And you can tell them this. I'm going to Dr. Jesus and he wrote me a prescription for the gospel and I take it every day and because of that, I'm on the most high. Amen. And you just kind of stumble around through life, blessed, healed, telling people about Jesus with this big old smile on your face. And people want to know how it got there. And a lot of people want to try to remove it. 
But when they figure it out they can't do that, then they want what you got. Joy in the Holy Ghost. That means you've got to judge yourself when you leave here because you can have a great time in the Holy Ghost in a service, but it's what people are seeing. Why didn't you get saved a day, a week, a month, or a year before you did? Because you knew some people too that did some of them thou shalt nots. Amen. I've seen them, man. I've had them come to my house, knock on my door, passing out. Trying, you want to receive Jesus? There they stand, poor, sick. He'll do for you what he's done for me. You think, nah, that's all right. I'm just, I'm kind of believing God for a deathbed experience myself. <laughs> Amen. No, but when you're just out having a good time in Jesus. I mean, it's happened to us so many times. I could give you, tell you a thousand stories of, of being in a restaurant, being on an airplane, talking to other Christians after a camp meeting or a revival or something like that. And people come up and say, who are you? And what, I remember we were in Ireland one time. Remember, Dad, we were in Ireland. And this guy, he, we were staying in a bed and breakfast. It was, it was Dad and myself and two other ministers. And we were coming in every night from this great meeting where the power of God was in. And we were just so full of the Holy Ghost and joy. And finally, this, 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 this man got my dad and another man and said, he says, y'all go out every night. And you come back so happy, so full of joy. But you're not going to the pubs. Where are you going? So remember, we took them the next night. We said, come on. Come on. Come on. We'll show you where we're going. And we took them the next night, and they both got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That happened in Dundalk, Ireland. I mean, we've done it before. I've had people come over the booth. Who are y'all? What have y'all been doing? I mean, they're listening. People out there are listening. People out there are watching. They want to know, do you have something real? Or is it dead religion like everybody else has? But when you understand the kingdom of God is not in a bunch of do's and don'ts. Because you'll never do all the do's and you'll do all the don'ts. But it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Then you'll go through any storm, any problem, any circumstance, any situation. And they watch you go through it with joy. And God is taking you and presenting, saying, this is what it looks like. To be in right relationship with a loving heavenly father that cares for you. That sent his only begotten son that died for you. And even in this life, at this late hour, in which it looks like the world itself is imploding upon itself. You can still have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now I guarantee you when Paul wrote that to the church at Rome, that probably put an end to the, well, I can't eat this meat and you can't eat that meat and I can't do this and I can do that and you can't do this and can't. That probably put an end to all of that. And today what we're seeing emerging out of a new, fresh move, not that, 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 that God's doing something new. It's just there's enough people going toward God where it looks like something new. And people are getting refreshed. And people are getting blessed. And the anointing of God is flowing. And it doesn't look like it did. You know? How many years ago? However many years ago you want to say. I remember years ago. I mean, if you didn't come to church in a three-piece suit. Now we got people coming in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Amen? I still wear a suit and tie on Sunday. I don't know why. I just do. But I come on Sunday night in my Hawaiian shirt. You say why? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. 
Because a tie and a suit doesn't get you any closer to God. Amen. I mean, I got preacher friends now. I don't even own a tie anymore. And we see God moving greatly through men. See, what we do many times is God moves a little bit and we want to take it and bottle it up. And put our, tack our rules on it. Here God, if he doesn't move at 1045 on Sunday morning, then he's not going to move. God will break loose from all of that and break out and begin to move here and begin to move there and begin to do that. He's not restricted by us in any way. He's just look, pe- looking for people that are hungry enough to manifest joy in the Holy Ghost out in the world so that what we have now becomes something that people want. Not just when they die, but when they're dying. We can get joy in the Holy Ghost at Ball High. What, what would it do? All you need is two or three students. Two or three people that work in the, church, in the school there. We get joy in the Holy Ghost over at Texas A&M. Up at UTMB. Uh, over at Amico. I don't think Amico even around anymore. BP or whatever they are over there. All over this area. We get people full of the Holy Ghost. Understanding their righteousness. Have the peace of God. All this stuff starts happening in the world. And you just... How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And it ain't a lie. How do you feel today? I feel great. How are things going? Things are going. Well, I heard this was happening. That one, eh, say, I'm just going to the other side. A little storm has risen up. That don't make any difference. I'm fixing to speak to it. It'll be gone tomorrow. People think, you are crazy. <laughs> what did they think about Jesus? Even his family thought he was crazy. They said of Paul and the apostles, these are the people that have come and turned cities upside down. What did they turn them upside down with? Do's and don'ts? Signs, wonders, miracles. The Bible says there's great joy in those cities. So we need to believe God for what? A greater outpouring of joy in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because in the midst of everything that we're going through, we've got the peace of God. Because we understand that he that knew no sin, no sin, did not have the sin nature in him. He knew no sin. He did what? He willingly gave himself so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That'll get you through any storm. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, that which produces in our lives the peace of God. For those that may be going through a storm right now, Father, Father, I release that peace unto them. And I say, peace be still in your finances. Peace be still in your physical body. Peace be still in your mind. And that which is trying to cause depression to come upon you. Peace be still in that addiction that is raging against your flesh. Peace be still in Jesus' name, in your family and in your marriage. We speak peace to the storms of life. Thank you, Lord, for your right standing that you've imparted unto us through Jesus. For the joy in the Holy Ghost, your presentation of us to the world as being a people of joy and a people of peace that have received our right standing with you through Jesus Christ. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, nobody looking around. Just for a moment. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. 
And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.